0: This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. In this episode, we're continuing to talk about character creation. Today, we'll discuss character weaknesses and how flaws can help improve role-playing, both for players and for GMs. Let's get to it. Thanks for joining us. My name's Arthur, and as always, I'm here with Michael. And today, we are joined by Emily and Rick, two of our investigators from our actual play Call of Cthulhu podcast under the library. Check it out if you have not heard it. Michael, you can take us away.
1: So as Art just mentioned, we're going to be talking... uh... of delving further into this idea of character creation and how we can build stronger characters and a really important facet to us is um creating weaknesses and we'll get to how that works in, in pcs later but starting with kind of some pc thoughts uh rick had i think some questions for art regarding how he's building his characters yeah, I do.
2: Um, you know, and, and I'll just start by saying, you know, when I'm talking about sort of flaws and characters, I think I like to look at what their uh, core concept is, right, as I sort of maybe mentioned in prior episodes, and then sort of how do you build off of that. So for first season of our Under the Library character, I had this uh, Phil Donner, and it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek, and that is both a intentional pun, given that he was... Uh, from the donner clan mm. um uh so actual tongue- in cheek uh Gross. reference to him and his background yeah i'll just really make that very clear and um, it gets
3: better the more you explain it
2: exactly right <laughs> let me just just spend 15 minutes harping on this so uh his his background right is is being lost probably in in, in the mountain passage you know with his family anyway, and then wait
3: were you saying he ate a tongue? That
2: was the, that was the, that was the joke. That was the inference there. That was the inference. I'm glad you picked up on that, Emily. Um, So uh, (laughs) right on the nose, actually. So, so uh, the, the, the background for him, right. It's stuck in the mountains, family dynamics, right. That are. Well, things happen. And and subsequently, right, uh, he then picks up a flaw in terms of needing to be sort of resource laden, right? And then that that follows throughout the show where he's carrying sort of bulk goods everywhere, overburdening him, slowing him down. That ends up sort of uh, compromising his horse at one point. And, and it becomes this sort of progression that stems from this sort of origin. And whether or not that's sort of a weakness or a flaw, but it stems from his sort of character background that you can sort of has a carry through. And then as his sanity decreases, which is another element I think can Call of Cthulhu, that can exacerbate or play on character flaws, right? You can then, you can augment those and this can sort of grow and evolve over time, which I think is an interesting concept for Call of Cthulhu versus other maybe role-playing adventures where the sanity comes into part. And then as that, progressed over the course of that character's arc, um, his his attachment to his family and to other individuals and to just having resources or food <laughs> becomes much more uh, literal and tangential, right, when it comes to sort of actual elements of cannibalism or impulsive decisions. Um, and, and I think that's sort of an inherent, you know, self-character sort of flaw in arc. And the ones that I think I'm, I'm interested in um, from art's characters are ones that start to involve other characters. So I think in that first season, your character had this sort of 1800s, very protective uh, um, view of of males in that society, right? Um, And that sort of time, and how do you incorporate what I would say is a weakness, right, that sort of flawed thinking, Um, but in that role-playing setting with the other characters at the table. Um, And how your character interacts with them, I guess, would be the first question. And the second would be um, in the more recent season, the interaction with you and Michael kind of having your character have these sort of uh, negging almost interactions as well. Right. And in a very similar vein, taking these sort of like modern, uh, uh, you know, tropes of the past that are definitely out of favor and and passe and and wrong. Right. And, And how do you sort of build those in?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. And and when you said you had a question for me, that's not where I thought you were going with it. And and I think that's that's a great observation. Uh, I I would start by saying in general, and this is sort of a tip for for newer players or GMs, uh, I I try to look at characters in terms of story over stats. Uh, So I do tend to sacrifice uh, some min-maxing when I'm building a character to make a better character, uh, to make a better story-driven character. Um, and I, I think that that is something that you'll want to talk to, uh, if you're a player, you'll want to talk to your GM about it because there are certain rule sets that, that are more friendly for that and certain ones that are not, um, and certain campaigns that are not. I would say that in, in, uh, Rick and our D&D campaign, uh, it just doesn't really make sense to have a more story-driven character. Um, and, as we all know, I've lost a number of characters throughout that campaign, and I, I have gone less and less heavy on story and more and more heavy on min-maxing as we go because that's the type of campaign we're playing. But in a more story-driven character, uh, campaign, when you're trying to be more role-playing heavy, uh, I think oftentimes leaving some stats weak if it makes sense for the character, actually makes your decision-making better later on uh, because you're not trying to do everything uh, as normal humans wouldn't. Uh, You know, that character that you're referring to was a really smart guy. He was super weak, though, uh, and he had some very deep mental flaws. Uh, He had gone through some really horrible stuff in the past. Uh, And I think that that is actually part of what impacted how he related to women, Uh, the backstory just very briefly was that his wife had died and he felt responsible for it. Mm. So in his later interactions with Emily's character, um, he was very misogynistic. He didn't want her to get into a dangerous situation, um, which was tough for me personally, uh, because that is certainly not how I would act, but it's how Harold would act. Uh, And, that's one of those times where I think as a player and even as a GM, when you're playing a character, you really have to sometimes put aside your, your personal beliefs and let the character take the front seat, uh, which actually goes back to what I was talking about with, with an interaction with Emily is that, um, and I think you alluded to this in, in sort of part two of your question in our current season, um, uh, Michael has sort of forced Michael being our GM in, in that campaign, um, has forced me into some situations that personally I felt very uncomfortable with um, being demeaning to again, Emily's character um, and my character in this campaign is female. So it's not a, it's not a misogyny thing. It's more of a um, more of an age and education level thing. Um, and I personally feel terribly uncomfortable the several times that I've had to do that. Um, but to play the character properly. I have done it, which is what I wanted to talk to Emily about. Those uh, What I was thinking earlier is that situation with Harold um, in the cave, when you wanted to climb up that hole in the cave and Harold didn't oh, want remember. you to. Um, so I, I'm curious, <laughs> uh, how, how did you feel in that situation, both character wise and player wise? And, and just to back up from that, um, Michael mentioned pre-show how both of our characters in the first season Um, were built stat-wise in a very specific direction, which made us weak in others. And is that something Mm -hmm. that you planned to do when you were making that character?
3: Okay, so that's. I'll start with the first part of that. And uh, I am glad that you asked me specifically about both character and player in that moment because it was initially a very strange moment because we knew about Harold and we knew about the ghost or memory or whatever Millie was that was with Harold, uh, your character. And so obviously we knew there was something that had happened in the past, but at that point we had no idea what the story was. Harold had not shared that with the group. Mm -hmm. So it was not apparent to Emily, the player, where that was coming from but I know you as a person and I know that you art would not act that way with me, Emily, but I still had no other explanation. And so Michael was like private messaging me saying, are you going to put up with that? (laughs) Like, like I needed a, an extra push to not put up with that. Thanks. Thanks Michael. Um, And I pushed back, but eventually I let it happen because florence would not have stood up in that moment under pressure in a cave with weird creatures and a disappeared like friend and say this is a moment for feminism florence being my character yeah so, um so so i let it go but i was very glad that later out of game you explained why that why that happened mm-hmm. and i don't know I don't know what to do about that in game specifically. Like, I don't know if there was a better solution or if the tension of the moment was the point was the solution. And cause we wouldn't necessarily know everything about every character in the moment that it becomes relevant to the story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause it definitely built a palpable tension in that moment.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I guess that, you know, the, the, there's upsides and downsides to that, right? I mean, you could easily see right having conversations about that. And I think that's gonna be important um if there will be anticipated discord like that, right? And 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 um where you don't wanna cause another player to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um that's certainly been the downfall. and and criticism of a number of other, right, like podcasts and uh, role-playing sessions. I mean, there's several off the top of my head, and I think most can probably think of several themselves, Um, you know, and there's some right now, right, currently in sort of the, like, uh, Twitter sphere uh, that are being talked about. And I think, right, where's that line in terms of trying to get a genuine reaction to something? And I think that probably comes down to comfort with, you know, the other person and how you know and where their lines are that we sort of talk about maybe before we start sessions overall, right, entire campaigns and your history um but it it is a nuanced thing because you don't always know where somebody's uh maybe lines are right and as you're trying to really get into the role playing that that could cause um some tension um both in game and out of game
1: yeah i was i was actually writing some notes as as y'all were talking about that about you know where being clear here as as what we're recommending about creating tension at the table and also knowing what table that you're at and i think we have a larger discussion plan down the road for this but uh, you know certainly debriefing is always important as we usually do and understanding where that's coming from but also kind of honoring uh, we've had a couple of x cards pop up through the season and and when that happens a making sure the table's comfortable using it and then, uh, B that as a as a GM or as a as a player, you're respecting that somebody's saying, "Hey, you're you're pushing me beyond in-game tension, and you're starting to push me into personal tension." And so, I, th- I think uh, you know, as Rick's saying, those are really important to recognize. Um, it, it it also kind of going back into this conversation a little bit, um, you know, talking about understanding Harold's misogyny, but. Um, you know, there there's several lines that we could cross, and I, I'd like somebody else to chime in here on understanding when it's okay to kind of push from that character's weak spot and stay in game with that tension versus understanding where to draw the line and you know I I think there's plenty of isms we can look at racism is probably an easy one to target in the in this conversation but you know just so uh, as I could imagine if I'm listening to this like understanding and maybe I have some questions like does that give me license to do x and I'll kind of throw that out there to y'all
3: I had something I wanted to say that might also yeah, inform go for what we're about to what we're about to talk about. So I'll just throw in. I, I've just been mulling over the past couple of minutes about how could we have uh, smoothed out that situation well without losing the aspect of Harold's character and interaction with Florence and what. I wonder is because for Emily, the player, it, uh, it helped a lot for me to understand that part of Harold's past and Harold never got to share that. And at some points, it may be beneficial to the game to take that step into sharing backstory, even if it might not literally be the action the character would have done, even if your character is not a person who would share. In that moment, if Harold had said, I can't let you go because that little step out of character for him would give a whole lot of information to not only the players, but also the listeners. Because the reason we spend so much time putting together these backstories is not only to give us as characters reasons to make actions and to make, to do actions and to make decisions, but also just to create a great story. And what happens if you never get to tell that part of your story?
0: I think that's an excellent point, point. Uh, and I think that's a great tip for players and for GMs, um, both in terms of GMs having characters and revealing their stories and GMs allowing players space to tell their backstories and players being a little more upfront with, I would like to tell this this character's story. Because I've got a number of characters that I've played and who have died and and that are in campaigns that I don't play anymore who have backstories that I've never revealed Um, and one in particular, um, actually still kind of irks me that I have this great backstory for this character and only a couple of of the people who were in the campaign know the story. Um, and and it doesn't really, it didn't matter to the the particular storyline of the campaign. I just spent a lot of time on it I thought it was really clever and I never got to share it. Uh, so I, I do think that that's a, that's a great thought to, if you have a flaw, which most characters should, I think all characters really should. How can you then reveal that flaw in a way that makes sense for your character and for the story? Yeah.
3: I have to tell you, Art, I actually was thinking about Harold and about this interaction between our characters when I made a decision about Joe in the current campaign to mm. reveal some information because part oh. of her character is that she has up until this point in her life very tightly held the story of her past and how she ended up in her her current situation without a family, without a network as an orphan. She didn't tell anyone, even her best friend Cully did not know what town she was from. Hmm. and so it was not in character for her to be like okay well in this moment i guess i'll just tell you this Hmm. but i felt like it was important to let that part of her story out so that it could grow and shake the campaign
0: and Um, do you feel that that helped the character develop as well
3: i do i because now she's gonna have to deal with a lot from her past that she never did Hmm. but if i was being like there was nothing to say that that moment was the one that she would decide to to open up, but I thought that for the game and for my freedom to do things with my character, it was important.
0: Mm-hmm. And it does and seem- that was
3: influenced by our experience last season.
0: Oh, that that's super interesting. From. <laughs> From another player's perspective and sort of watching the, the story with your character develop, it, it it appears to me like she is growing and developing and that that was a major milestone for her um, to sort of start dealing with her trauma and that voicing that was part of that process. Um, so it, it looks from my perspective like like she is growing and developing. So I think it was a great decision.
3: That's great to know.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, on the converse, I'm sort of dealing with that and how to reveal that to the group with our current season and my more fanciful character of Bellow in that he has sort of this layered backstory, but because of sort of this almost comical front um, that hasn't sort of been peeled into. Right. And. Um, but it explains at least some of his actions from like the, the characters perspective that are still bewildering, probably to the majority of both players and characters, um, the fighting within the military complex and things like that, the random punching, uh, you know, when somebody is screaming. Uh, you know and and creating a you know and there's sort of a cacophony of sound and things like that were triggering for him based on sort of his hat past but that's not really known to pretty much anybody i think or even michael and i sort of was messaging him on the side um in terms of just sort of like what the character would do in a moment um and it and you know it's it's uh you know trying to find a time to i think reveal that is is a tricky one uh, that i'm still trying to work on
0: yeah and i think
3: that, that's I'll a just nice. share no go ahead.
2: No, go ahead.
0: Well, I just I just want to wrap that up. That that I think that's a great point. Um, and sort of a tip for other players is that uh, you have these flaws and you have this deep backstory, and that was informing some of your decisions. And some of your decisions on the surface seem like poor decisions, or so your, your character's decisions rather. Um, but they're in line with the character. So I, I think that's a great example of having a flaw, and that flaw actually being detrimental. Th- those flaws in your character have actually hurt your character. Um, I mean, it could have killed him,
2: right? With yeah. him. He
0: could be done. And yeah. nobody would know
2: that backstory except for me right. by myself, right? And everybody would be like, why would you possibly have done
1: that, right? right. And, but, I, yeah. I, but I think this gets to a good point of as, as a GM, you also have to reward your players for taking those risks, right? That's a risk to uh, punching somebody in the throat on an army base in the middle of a crowd is the probably the tactically worst decision that your character could have made. However it was honest right And so it was very easy to probably kill uh, kill Bello in that moment right like that was probably the easiest choice to do. but we took a little break. We thought about this for a second, like (laughs) stepped away and I was like, you know, what's a plausible way? I've got to leave it up to the dice at some some discretion. But I I should give you a chance to survive this and grow from this and as a character. And um, and so I think it's really important when we talk about these um, uh, that we think about um, weakness isn't always a physical thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It it can be but it can also be poor decision making it can be a lack of foresight a lack of planning um it can be any number of kind of weaknesses and uh, as gms we have to we have to figure out ways if if a player is going to do that and be honest to that and be true to that we have to give them the opportunity to discover more about that character and so you know i think letting that, not not making that a fatal move, right? I think there's poor decisions as players, and then there's poor decisions as characters. And a poor a poor player decision should probably come with some repercussions, but a poor character decision, I, I think should be rewarded, because that's what makes the story more fascinating, something that we wanna explore more.
0: That's a, that's a great point. Emily, you had something you wanted to get to?
3: Yeah, so circling back to what I was going to say, actually brings us to kind of a great takeaway question I think for this episode Um, because I was going to share that Rick and I out of game had a discussion about uh, about Bellow and why he was doing some of his some of his strange some of the making strange choices Mm -hmm. and I said that my character would try to ask him some questions to give him the opportunity to give him the space to get into his backstory. We have not had the opportunity yet because there's been, there have been things. <laughs> things yeah. that got in the way. Yeah, people um, lost
2: their heads. I mean just got a lot of, <laughs> yeah.
3: But the important question then to think about is what is the best way to allow a character that space? It's probably many things together. It's probably partially on the GM, partially on the character themselves to just come out with it as um, as Joe did as my character did in this campaign. but also it could be something where other characters ask because if you are in a campaign with people that you know put a lot of thought into their characters, you're not just murder hobos. you're not just just breaking things for the fun of it then if a character's choices seem strange to you, you should ask because there's probably a reason.
1: Great point. What about integrating? So I I think as as you talk about that, what about when somebody maybe puts you on the spot though and you're not ready to reveal or maybe it feels a bit expository and do you ever lie in character to cover your character's backstory? Do you take a moment to try and do a little misdirection or red herring?
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think that the the question is more, do you allow the character to change from what you originally envisioned? Uh, And I think that at least for me, in terms of an improv and a character development uh, standpoint, what I envision the character being when I, you know, filled in that character sheet in the beginning of the campaign is almost never where the character ends up, and I think having the having the flexibility to make those changes when story develops, uh, it, you know, I don't look at it as lying or covering up, uh, and I guess it could be depending on on what you're doing, but I look at it as letting the character change a little bit. For Emily's take on Joe, it, Joe had been very closed up until that point, but she saw an opportunity to make a change. You know, one of those those inflection points where where the story arc can go two different directions, and she chose chose that direction. Um, I, I think that that's doing that and being comfortable enough to make the decision and um, having a character that's flexible enough uh, is when the, the real magic of storytelling happens.
2: That's that's the natural evolution of what you want with the character, right? I don't think it's about changing from where you started and and going to somewhere completely different. I think the these campaigns are are wild and they're different and they're not anything that would happen in normal, right? You know, <laughs> in normal
0: what?
2: things, right? And so you would, yeah. So you would you would you would hope uh, that the shock and awe and um, surprise of these fanciful or you know high mythos you know situations are going to scar or change right them from a base and i think it's not about lying but are you being honest to the the character in that moment right and that sort of development over time and i think that's what sort of makes both compelling characters as they pick up or exacerbate or these flaws sort of grow and change um, or things are seen through that lens and that that itself may also change
1: all right, and with that last word from Rick, that's gonna put a wrap on this week's session of Up Your RPG. Thanks for joining us. You can always join us at upyourrpg.com. Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table.